You're listening to the Chelsea Zerna Podcast, a podcast that inspires conscious leaders to live meaningful lives and to get in touch with the deepest parts of the human experience. My name's Chelsea Zerna, and I'm a women's empowerment coach with the mission of rewilding the feminine back into society. Each week, I have a conscious conversation with best-selling authors, inspiring leaders, and spiritual lightworkers who aren't afraid to step into the unknown and explore the greatest truths of life. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Chelsea Zerna Podcast. I'm here with Eddie Evolves. He's a soul embodiment coach and a dear friend of mine. We met out in Tulum, Mexico, and since we've met, we put on so many beautiful events, ecstatic dances, and he has also been an incredible friend and mentor of mine. He has taught me so much about boundaries, standards, and honestly, like, soul intimacy, just like getting really, really deep with my own emotional state, with my own presence. And I'm really, really excited to welcome him to the podcast today and share his wisdom with our beautiful community. Eddie, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This is like, this is a well-awaited conversation. I'm super excited to just see what unfolds here. Me too. And just like we do everything, uh, I love that we came into this podcast with really no structure, a general topic, and just total presence. And right before we got on this podcast, um, we were about to hit record, and then I heard a little knock on my door. And that little knock turned into an entire maintenance crew walking in and then not having a place to go, and then just us feeling like the energy of like, ah, wow, we were so excited, we got interrupted, and just like dropping into a meditation and just like really checking in with each other and getting really deep, like bringing us to the space where we thrive. And I like, I love that that happened right before we got onto this because it's almost like that's where we always meet each other, like in the depths and in like transmuting those shadows into like the greatest lessons. And like, that's how I experience you. It's like the death and the rebirth, like Eddie evolves. And yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes too. Mm, same, yes. It's like, we just got to really like see how we wanted to surrender. It's not a question of whether we have to surrender, but it, it was, were we going to let this happen with ease? Or were we going to really hold on to thinking, oh, we need to start the podcast at this specific time in this specific spot? And like you're literally like sitting on sitting on the floor in your roommate's room to have to have peace and quiet while they were up there. Like, uh, yeah, perfect example. Totally, it's just like using whatever circumstances come up in our lives and like seeing what medicine is there. And for us, like the beauty of all this is like just being with what is and allowing it to be without trying to control and without trying to shift into the expectation that we had, which is something that both you and I, I feel like went on a full journey with in the last couple of years and specifically like more recently. Um, and, you know, I know you have like an incredible story and I'm excited to kind of dive into that a little bit. Um, but recently you had some huge life lessons come up. You just had a birthday, a rebirth mm -hmm. and, but, um, yeah, I, I realize like how much that you've been moving through, um, specifically around your ecstatic evolution. And I was so inspired by the way that you handled that. And I would love to kind of like start there and kind of like okay. dive into your story a bit. And um, yeah, and just share that because it, I think it gives such a good taste of like who you are, what you're about, and just like Honestly, it's not about what you do, but it's like about what, how you handle and who you be. And it's super, it's super powerful and transparent. Mm. You're, and you're referring to the retreat. Yeah. Peace, right? Okay. So, um, yeah. And we'll, we can touch on earlier parts of my story that even led me to here. Cause right. obviously you don't just start hosting retreats out of nowhere. Um, but so I was hosting my second paid retreat out in Tulum. My first one was also in Tulum. Uh, but prior to that, I had been doing retreats for little retreats and immersions and workshops and stuff like that for a little over a couple of years there. And this was the one, this was one right before I left Tulum actually. And 
it got to be it got to be the last week and we had zero tickets sold for it and i was getting in this place where i was like cuz when i when i when i dreamed it up and when i when i made the plan for myself of what it was going to look like with execution and marketing and filling up the spots and all of that i i had kind of visioned that maybe i would have like 50% or more of our spots sold by that final week and we get to that final week and nothing was sold and i was starting to really just like think like okay like what are we going to do? You know, ideally we were going to have like anywhere from like 12 to 15 people at the retreat. We didn't have any tickets sold. And so I was like, okay, well like, huh, do we want to change anything? And then throughout the next few days, I tried everything that I could possibly think of to shift and pivot the, my come from to make it more effective. Um, you know, because obviously I like to take full responsibility for whatever's happening in my life, even if I don't understand why. And recognizing that if I'm selling zero tickets to my retreat, in some way I'm responsible for that. So I was looking at like, okay, how am I marketing this? Like, is the price point something that people are able to afford or justify for themselves? Is, um, are the right people seeing it? Like all of these questions were coming up for me. And so I, I, did, I went and tried and tweaked and tested a few different approaches and it got to end up being Friday, and this was going to be a Saturday and Sunday um, immersion. It got to be Friday morning. Um, I was in the middle of some of my morning routine stuff when I was, and I just got this idea. I was like, okay, I just need to see if we've even sold any tickets. Because when I checked on Thursday night, we didn't have a single spot sold. And I went on, didn't have any messages from people, and no tickets were sold. And it got to the point where I, we decided to call it off. Where I was just like, you know what, it's 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 not happening, and that was a tough decision to make for myself. That was a tough decision to make to because uh, I, I had started this group chat out in Tulum with over two hundred people in it. It was a tough it was tough for me to to just write it, a text in that chat saying, "Hey guys, just so you know, ecstatic evolution is off," because I had put a bunch of messages out in there beforehand, um, and it was a tough conversation to have with the uh with the owners of the space to say hey like we we didn't do it we're gonna call it off um and obviously we lost our deposit for it but but it was just just tough to even like be in that spot and what really came up for me this was a super illuminating moment and you know i've had tons of these in a lot of different ways but a super illuminating moment to see the way that i was tying my sense of validation and my sense of self-esteem and self-worth two external things within my business whether that be the approval of having people actually come like the the social approval of of being able to put on an event and have people come to it or whether it be the the financial approval and security of of knowing that like i'm making money from this um and then of course just like how does it look to my community where i've been talking about this retreat that i've got coming up for the last like month or more and I've continuously messaged about it and told everybody that I know about it only to say at the last minute, hey, we didn't sell a single ticket, so it's canceled. Um, it was a very humbling experience for me and it brought up a lot of shame. And, you know, I see shame as something that's like a very incredibly transformational um, guide. It's 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 an emotion, but it can be it can be a guide for me to to see the parts of myself that I haven't really been in full unconditional love with who I am, mm -hmm. and something that I've talked about a lot, um, especially in this in the last few months. It's crazy that we're even talking about this because obviously I've I've shared this story in a few different places since then and come to so many of my own realizations and revelations from it that it feels like it was a year ago. But we're literally talking about something that wasn't even two months ago at this point. Um, but it's it's allowed me to really look at the concept of self-love because self-love is such a founding like principle in everything that I do all around, you know, whether I'm focusing on personal freedom or soul embodiment or helping people like uh, just really step more forward and share their gifts with the world. Self-love ends up being one of the really like root principles of everything that I do. And this was, this was showing me like, it's so easy. It's so easy to love ourselves on a good day. It's so easy to love ourselves when we're eating healthy and when everything is going good and we're making the money that we want and we're living in the dream dream house or dream location or 
dream car or have the awesome partner or whatever it is. It's easy to love our life when it looks like the thing that we want to love. But then there's the the real question and the place that I found that self-love is most, most important to apply is how are we showing up for loving ourselves at the at the bottom of it all? How are we showing up and loving ourselves when we experience what would, what some would consider a failure or a setback? You know, how are we showing up and loving ourselves when we fall back into old patterns? How are we showing up and loving ourselves when, when nothing is going the way that we want it to go? Or when we're not uh, achieving in the way that we may maybe used to achieve, right? And that that has just been one of the most, it's a gold mine, right? These experiences are a gold mine. And this is why, you know, earlier we were talking about surrender. I mean, I'm all for creating your reality and taking massive action and all that stuff. But um, as, and as much as my life has gone all so many different places into so many careers and parts of the world and things like that, it has required so much surrender because things haven't always gone the way that I wanted them to go. And I would be lying if I said that, that they did, but the gift in all of that has been finding why I needed to go through certain experiences. Like I wouldn't be in this place talking about the, 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 the true depths of self self love had I not had an experience that allowed me to see parts of myself where I was actually attached to it. And when I, and just, just for reference, right, we're talking about this now, just for reference, about three years ago, when I started getting into coaching, I called myself a self-love coach. That was the first title I gave myself. And so, oh. and back, and back then I loved myself to the best of my ability. And it's been, it's been a peeling back of layers and layers and layers um, over time. And there's been so many other examples, which I'm happy to share in, in my story going on in some other things, but um, yeah, it's been a very powerful, powerful lesson from that retreat experience because it's allowing me to really just deconstruct everything. And obviously it's not ideal, right? We don't always want our entire lives to have to crumble apart for us to sometimes see a thing or get the lesson from yeah. whatever it would have given us. But it's been so amazing to, to see that and recognize how a lot of my business and my way of being prior was was and there's a phrase i think it's i think it's a phrase from the bible but it's essentially talking about like is your house built on sand or is your house built on stone and i was seeing how because because if you've got a house that's built on sand the second a windstorm comes by or a flood or anything like that like it's just it's just getting destroyed it's just getting picked up and blown away but if it's yeah. built on rock if it's built on a solid foundation there's nothing that can shake it and that's been the place that I've been just continuously coming back to is how can, where can I find my sense of self-worth and my sense of confidence and self-love and all of that stuff? How can I have that built on rock so that no matter what happens in my life, whether I'm a millionaire or a million dollars in debt going bankrupt, or whether I've got an amazing partner or just got rejected or cheated on or something like that, how can I find such, such sturdy such such a founded place of self-love that isn't going to change too much based on some of the external things in our life shifting around um yeah. that that's so huge yeah i feel that and you know i resonate with that the journey of self-love like we think that we love ourselves and there's so many layers to love and I feel like this whole journey in life is literally us peeling back the layers that keep us from love. And every time we have a scenario or a trigger come up, it's like, where am I not aligned with love? Where am I not aligned with love? And I remember back in college, I used to say, oh, wow, I love myself so much. And it's so funny because we, we always think that we are at the place where we love ourselves. And obviously, there's some times where we can admit that, okay, we're not in love right now. But I remember looking back and thinking like, wow, I love myself. You know, I don't, I don't think I need this self-love stuff. This was before I was a coach. I was like, I don't think <laughs> I need that. Why is everyone talking about self-love so much? It felt actually, it felt like such an overused term that I almost rejected the term. And now I'm like, oh my God, like literally every part of my life is like, how, how much can I unboundary my heart? Like, where am I still putting up walls? Like right before this call, I was telling you like, gosh, I'm in the situation where 
I, I, I had, I had a, a trigger come up and my first instinct was like to close my heart and put a boundary up and a wall up. And it was just like, ah, how can I stay open? How can I open in every single moment and keep myself open? And obviously like, you know, with honor, but there's like a place where self-love is, you know, it is an internal journey and it manifests in the external world. And when we boundary our heart, we're also boundarying our own love from coming in and coming out. And I've been, I've been on that, I've been on a very similar journey, you know, obviously we all are, but for me, like this year um, has been a whole journey about how to remove the boundaries from my heart and all of these walls while still holding my agreements to myself, which has been such a, a, a difference in how I used to see things. And I know that on this on this podcast, one thing we wanted to talk about was boundaries, but I think there's a difference between having boundaries and standards for your life and having boundaries and standards around your heart, you know, and like mm-hmm. creating walls uh, where, where nothing can get in versus like softening the wall, softening the heart and being like, ah, oh, how can I love myself deeper in this moment? How can I have more compassion? Mm-hmm it's it's all so related to in in so many ways like you're saying about just like the boundaries of the walls we might build up in our hearts to protect us right we can then do the same things in our external world where we create these boundaries of and i've i haven't for example had notifications on my phone in over a year or about a year it was like november um and you know that's one way that i've got like boundaries up but at the same time, that's not me saying, I don't want to communicate with people. That's not me closing myself off to all forms of communication. It's just me saying, hey, when I'm going to, I'm going to choose to open myself up to this when I want to open myself up to it. Um, that's that, I feel like that's a little, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, I look at my phone as if it's, as if it's my heart and it's my love and I'll put my love into it sometimes. And sometimes I'm just like, yo, you know what? I'm good. I need my own space. And sometimes our hearts do that too. That's what I just did for the last month, basically, through three, three, four weeks while I was like kind of going through essentially a little bit of an ego death where I was seeing all the parts that I was attached to what my business looked like. And instead I was like, all right, let's go figure out who Eddie is without any of this. And that has exactly looked like what some might label as like closing my heart, but it's been actually opening my heart to myself. Um, yeah I love that yeah it's almost like saying no to something else is saying yes to ourself and you know one thing that I I really loved uh, that I I started implementing into my life this year is when someone else says no to me my response isn't like oh no I feel rejected my response I've, I've, I've been training myself to say thank you for honoring yourself thank you for doing what you need to do thank you for taking care of yourself And that's also been really healing because no is not a rejection. It's more of like, ah, you're doing what's best for you. It has nothing to do with me. I'm like coming back into sovereignty and like reclaiming like, yes, I am owning my full experience and so are they, which has been like really healing. I feel like, you know, we kind of get in these states of like feeling rejected sometimes by the no. And like, as you're like closing off, you know, I I felt that with you as well. When you went into your cocoon, I felt that you were like, oh, she's going, he's, 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 he's kind of like, you know, going back to, uh, his own heart and, and not fully, I'll say, uh, as available as you were when you were in Tulum and like just recognizing that and not taking it personally and being like, everyone's on their own journey. And, you know, yeah, I think that's super healthy to do that and go through these like different waves of connecting outwards versus connecting inwards. Yeah. And and to the piece about just like saying no, you're hitting the nail on the head where it's like when you're saying, first of all, like changing it from taking a no personally to being like, oh, this person's honoring themselves. Because prior to that, um, I'm going to make an assumption here. This this is an, an assumption. I understand that some people may not have been brought up like this, but a lot of us are taught in our lives that if we love someone or that it's nice to say, to always just say yes to things. And we're not always taught that it can be polite to say no. 
sometimes and so sometimes we're, when we end up saying yes to something that we really don't want to do, although we may be operating with this idea in our head that, oh, this is what a good boyfriend does or a good business partner does or a good whoever does. This is what a good person does. A good person would say yes to this. A good person would do this. As much as we might be saying that and operating and making our decisions from that place, unconsciously, we're repressing the part of ourselves that said, you know, I actually didn't want to do that. And I don't want to be here right now. And now here I am three hours later helping a friend move when I had work to do later today. And I'm resenting this whole activity because I didn't get my work done earlier. When it's like, whose fault is that? Is it, is it your friend's fault for calling you and asking you to help them move? Or is it your fault for not honoring your boundaries and saying, hey, I've actually got some work that's, that needs to take priority. Could I help you move later? Otherwise, I'm not available. And recognizing that me saying, hey, I'm not available to help you move because I've got a project that I'm working on, even though you might have helped me move before, even though you might have helped me with something the other day, right? Like the, the, it gets so, it gets so like. And, and, and it doesn't mean that you don't love me and you're not there for me. It means you don't have the capacity at the exact moment that we're requesting it. Yes. I think that's the thing that's really important is to not take it personally and not to be like, this is what this means because they're not there to help me, especially if your love language is acts of service in this situation, right? I'm not help. I'm not there to help them move. Therefore, maybe they don't love me, which is totally an assumption. It's not the case. Yes, that's, that's the thing. And there's, you know, and you were, you were talking about, for example, the time when I kind of just, I kind of went MIA for a little bit. And I mean, I, I still don't have social media. I'm still not signed back in to Instagram, <laughs> which I, I will probably in the next week or two, but I've actually really been enjoying life without it. Um, not to say I don't want to jump back on, but um I took time off Instagram and I took a lot of time just away from communicating with people. And I'm a big advocate for doing the work both personally and with community. The healing doesn't happen just with one or the other. There's definitely an aspect of like personal responsibility where we got to be able to hold ourselves through some tough times. And then there's also the aspect of community where like things can get a lot easier when we allow ourselves to also be held with our friends and just people that are willing to hold us in a place of love, regardless of what we look like or what we're doing. And I had, uh, after this sort of cocoon that I was in for a while, I went into this sort of rebirth day retreat with myself, um, just spending a few days juice cleansing, water fasting, really blocking out the rest of the world. This was like not even looking at like YouTube or watching TV or anything like that. This was really just diving into some of my own stuff. Um, and coming out of that, I set up a rebirthday party for myself on zoom. Um, and so I invited a bunch of friends from all over the world. Chelsea, you were one of them. And, uh, I just wanted, I set the intention to be celebrated because I realized, and this was, this had even, this had been a theme for a little bit. It wasn't just in the last couple of weeks there, but I realized that there was a part of me that wasn't really fully allowing myself to be celebrated for who I am. And especially when people would come up to me and it's it's even edgy for me to even like talk about this right now, but like people would like come up to me and um, just even whether it's a small or a large, doesn't matter the like size, whether it's like, Hey, I like your shirt or whether it's, Oh my God, that experience that you just put together changed my fucking life. Whether it was any side of the spectrum, I wouldn't allow myself to fully receive um, the fact that the, the role that I played in it. You know, I would always kind of have this, like, this, like, it was a mask, but it was kind of like a humble approach where I was like, oh, no, da, 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 da. it wasn't, wasn't me. It's all good. It, it was all of us. It was co-created. Like, I would, I would just kind of, like, say something that wouldn't really allow me to fully receive the amount of love that a person was trying to give me with a compliment. And so I had set the intention where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to dive headfirst into this thing. And rather than like just kind of casually working on that here and there when people give me compliments, I was like, all right, I'm going to set up a call with some of the people closest to me and ask them all, hey, can you celebrate me? And I just want to hear about some of the amazing things that we've done or ways that I've impacted you. And first of all, I mean, that was just a freaking magical experience in so many ways. But just to loop it back to what I even started to share this because or why I even started to share this was 
there were there were people I invited to that that didn't show up or there yeah. were people that said they would be there that were like hey man I'm excited I'll see you there that weren't on the call and it would be super easy and I mean I was bullied growing up I've I've dealt with like uh, a lot of just like isolation and being excluded and like just kind of abandonment wounds and stuff like that given I've done a lot of work around that to even get to this point but because of that healing I was able to look at all this stuff and say, hey, just because this person didn't show up to my Zoom birthday party, that that's all that that means. That means that they didn't show up to my Zoom birthday party. That doesn't mean that they secretly hate me. That doesn't mean that they think I'm not important enough to, to show up for. That doesn't mean that they don't like me. Like all of this stuff, because those are sometimes the voices that we might try to make, make, make a meaning out of when something happens, when it's like, oh, that's not the case. And I've even had people reach out to me since then. They were like, oh my God, dude, I'm sorry. I just checked my texts a week later or something like that. They're like, I just got to this message. Sorry, I wasn't there sending my love. And like, you know, I've, I've, I've received it. I receive it nonetheless. You know, that birthday party was actually a moment for me to really just like, as much as I had some awesome friends there, I was also receiving just kind of like the universe. Every single person was kind of an ambassador for the whole universal community of people that I've met around the world where I actually just got to receive that because I knew that that was one person's example, but it was that example with a bunch of other people as well. And, you know, I mean, love is something that transcends space and time. You know, I mean, a lot, some people may have experienced that. And if, if you haven't, I mean, just like think about maybe a, a dead relative, whether you've had a grandma die or something like that, you can think back to that memory right now. And if you really tap in, you can feel the, their love. You can feel your love for them and the experiences that you've had. You're doing that now, whereas what you're thinking about was a long time ago. And so when people were, this is something that, that goes into the past and future beyond what we can comprehend. And so when people reach out to me a week after my birthday and they're like, oh, my God, so sorry I missed your birthday. Happy birthday. I'm like, yo, I'm receiving that happy birthday on my birthday. Because in that <laughs> moment, I was just like, I was just feeling everything. But um, that's a little bit of a tangent, but just to the, just to the piece about like the boundaries, honoring my boundaries has been so fun because now I, now I've stopped resenting people. When I say no to things, it feels so good to say no. And that's not to say no, because that person isn't worth my, my time to talk to, or that event isn't worth my energy or whatever it is. That's not from a like ego, egotistical, like hierarchical place. It's just like, hey, that doesn't feel like my highest excitement right now. And that leads me to one, make room for the things that do, that are my highest excitement and that actually nourish me. And two, I'm no longer resenting any of the things that I would then say yes to out of feeling some just obligation to say yes. And doing that for myself not only has been awesome, but then it then allows me to receive it from others because prior right it's it's a mirror your our entire lives are freaking mirrors with this because prior to all of this when i would always say yes to things out of obligation if anyone would ever say no to me what would i do i would make a a story up about that because of the story that i had about what i would do i had a story of oh if eddie says no then i'm a bad friend and so then if anybody said no to me i would say oh you're a bad friend yep (laughs) <laughs> and you know what? All of this is creating alignment to a degree that, like, puts us in a vibration that's so high that we start attracting everything that we want, like, right to us. It's almost like as we're putting in these boundaries and these standards, and we're saying yes to the things that bring us joy, saying no to the things that don't bring us joy. We're constantly putting in ourselves and having a conversation with God in a way where it's like, yes, God, more of this. Uh, no, I don't want any of this in my life or whatever term you want to use source energy, the universe, like, like technically it's like a constant dance and a conversation with every single thought and emotion and like feeling that we have. It's like, like we are, we are putting our vote towards something. It's almost like we're in this like negotiation constantly. And like, Mm -hmm. as we're, as we're like in this, this dance and this conversation, we agree to something. And then we, we, we disagree to something else. And in those agreements and disagreements, we're, we're creating the thing that we're calling in next. Like, even if we're not consciously doing it, 
our yeses and our noes are forming the, let's say, algorithm that will bring us more of that. Like, like Instagram does the exact same thing. It's wild. Like we like something, we say yes to it. It brings us more of that. We don't like something. Oh, that's not going on the newsfeed. And it's mm -hmm. like the same thing. And when we, when we, when we like something, on Instagram that we actually don't like, we start seeing more of that coming in. And we're like, why am I seeing all this stuff that I don't like show up on my newsfeed? Well, why are we doing that in our lives too, right? It's like, we're saying yes and saying no to things that bring us joy. And then all of a sudden, like, yeah, like the universe can just like put us in an entirely different, um, I'll say like, uh, <sighs> like environment completely where we're almost surrounded by people that give us joy, money that brings us joy. Like the, the, you know, it could, it could manifest in so many different ways. And I've even noticed that, um, in my own life recently, like, like, as I, I like I had a friend come into town recently and, um, we decided to hold this event called, uh, the Empress temple. And it's the first time that I've ever done anything like this. And um, she had done it a couple times in Bali. And, you know, in Tulum, most people, this was my perception. Most people were um, willing to pay like, you know, 10 to $30 for an event. You know, that's pretty standard. She came into town and she said, let's host a $110 to $220 event. I was like, what? That's like, what do you mean? Like people in Tulum don't do that. And she's like, well, wh whose people? Like what people? What do you mean? This is Tulum. People are coming in from all over the world. And I literally had to break down my thought pattern to be like, yes, like you're right. Let's do this. The event filled up completely with everybody paying full price and more, right? Some people wait to the last minute. So they paid more and, and it, it being in that saying yes to that and saying no to other things, I felt like put me in this vibration of like, wow, because that th the same day that I did that, like all of a sudden, all these other opportunities that were in that vibration also landed on my plate that I was like, this is a this is the conversation I want to be having with the universe. Like, this is the conversation that I want to bring more of. And it, it just like clicked something in place for me that I had never really connected before. <laughs> I was like, wow. Mm. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know <that> <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's actually really, um, and if, if you're comfortable talking more about this, but that's something that's really amazing for me to hear because I remember we were having a similar conversation when we were going to host that event that ended up getting canceled because of the hurricane in Tulum. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that, that it's, that's beautiful to hear that you have now put, you've got something there and you were able to experience the, the breaking away from the story. Right, yeah. because it's so easy to get caught up in those just subtle stories around thinking that the way that another person sees the world is the actual way that it is. You know, is it's it true. is it a, is it like a you know people say like capital T or lower T truth? Is it your truth or is it the truth? Like the yeah. gravity for, from from my understanding, gravity seems like a capital T truth. I know that if I drop this water bottle, it's gonna fall. But but to some people, they might see their own perceptions of things. They might think that that's like gravity. They might be like, yep, people are only going to pay that much for an event. And if you price it at this, it's never going to sell any tickets. Yeah. Well, how do you know? Yeah. How do you know that? Um, and obviously this goes, this goes beyond just money, but this is just like when it comes to just making a quantum leap in the way that we experience reality internally and externally, sometimes it's that easy. Mm -hmm. of just mm -hmm. deciding totally i love that you just said quantum leap too that the last couple of months have actually really f meeting eddie meeting you in july oh my god going to peru coming back meeting you this was like such a quantum leap leading into this moment right now like i feel like peru activated it and then us connecting and partnering and all these things anchored that and all the conversations we had 
around uh, self-worth, around, you know, honoring our value, all of these things leading up until that event that I just hosted, that was like, it felt like a, a cycle of a quantum leap for me that um, I'm like fully like integrating all of the codes that have been downloaded from the last few months and solidifying all of these like choices in my life. Like even I'm about to like move into a new house and there's like a choice in that. It's like, ah, yes, I could pay, you know, $500 for this like, okay place. But if I pay double that, $1,000, I can create so much more of an opportunity. And it's just a simple mindset shift. Um, and it's also like part of the quantum leap. It's like saying yes to myself, investing in myself. Uh, I think it's really important. And I think it goes along with the boundaries and, and honoring ourselves, like saying yes to the things that we want to say yes to, and not just the things that we think we should say yes to, right? Like, oh, I should say yes to something potentially that's a little bit more cost effective because, you know, uh, it'll, it'll save me, you know, here and there. And, and yeah, I think previously my mindset was don't spend money that you don't have. That makes sense. And that is definitely the mentality. Like still, I'm not saying don't do that. And the addition is when you do have it and you're saying no, you're actually also saying no to something beyond just that thing. It's like you're saying no to the vibration of what that thing holds. Like when we have that capacity to actually do something and we say no, we're not stepping into the quantum leap. We're actually rejecting the quantum leap in a way. Like our heart isn't opening. We're saying, ah, oh, no, I'm not worthy of this. And, and even though it's available, we're, we're not actually saying yes to it. And that's a conversation with the universe in that moment. It's like, ah, I just, I just um, didn't like a post that I should have liked on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Hey, that's not coming back in our, the algorithm has shifted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. To all of that. Like I, I wish if I was a listener right now, I would just like skip back, like, three minutes and listen to everything that we just said <laughs> but not because I don't not because I didn't catch it but because everything in there I I, I and I honestly enjoy listening back to podcasts sometimes like I'll mm -hmm. like it's it's enjoyable to to make the connections again um but this brings me back there was a moment when we were in Tulum and Tulum is such a perfect example of this because there's so much going on like at any given moment, like if you're in any sort of like, quote unquote, like conscious or like spiritual community at any given moment, there are probably five events happening at different po at different parts in the town that you could be at, whether it's a yoga class, whether it's an ecstatic dance or a cacao ceremony or a sound healing or a, a talk on regenerative community stuff or saving the earth or like... <laughs> Like literally so many freaking things happening that especially as facilitators, like I was getting invites to facilitate at so many different things, Yeah. right? Like there were so many opportunities and I said no to a certain number of them because it's like at a certain point, what we say yes to means we say no to everything else. And so we get to be more discerning of making sure that what we're making space for is the fuck yes. And totally. But just to the concept of like that quantum leap, especially with the stuff you were talking about with the house where you're like, oh, I could get a spot for 500 a month, but a spot for a thousand would let me do this, 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 this. Right. And that's the same. That's the same conversation that I was kind of having. I had I had my own studio apartment in Tulum and I was paying it was basically a thousand dollars and. It got to be at the point where it's like, this was just a space that I could be at. They actually had a limit to the amount of people that you could have over. So I could, I could only have like maybe like three or four people over aside from myself. And plus I had like a small studio apartment. And there was a part where I was kind of going through some, some like money challenges and, and things like that, where I was like, okay, like I want to get a new spot, but how much can I pay and da, 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 da. And there was this epiphany I had one night. Now I didn't end up doing this, but we were at this this home called, uh, that we called the sanctuary that we would host lots of different events at. I had rented it out to host a few retreats. That's where I did my first ecstatic evolution. Um, I did a one-on-one -on -one immersion with one of my clients there. Like 
it was a very, very nice spot out in the middle of the jungle with a private cenote, which a cenote is kind of like an underwater cave or an underground cave slash uh, fresh water system. Um, there's tons of them in Mexico, very beautiful things. Um, but it had a private cenote, amazing house, just out in the middle of the jungle. And they were asking, it was just a little over $5,000 a month. And we hosted an event there. You you were a part of that and our friend David was a part of that. And the way that event went was just so amazing, so magical, so nourishing, so fun. And we had, we had, um, we were doing this donation based. We did, we weren't even doing it as something to make money. We were just like, Hey, let's invite a bunch of our friends to this thing. If anyone wants to donate, they can donate. But the more I looked at it, I was like, okay, I could potentially rent this house out. And if I just had one event here every single week that we went all out for, we, as long as we could bring in a certain amount every week, you know, I mean, I kind of did the math. I think we had like, we had like 35 or 40 people there and five grand a month essentially breaks down to 1200, 1200 a week. And so it's like, I was thinking, okay, if you can make 1200 from an event that covers rent, that's just the rent, right? That's obviously a person has their own life expenses, but I was starting to break it down. And now I was like, wait, this would actually be really easy. So, and, and that was a huge breakthrough for me where I got to experience a shift from thinking like, oh, I'm spending a thousand dollars or 1500 or $2,000 on rent. Whereas all of a sudden, when I can get into a whole different place that opens up a whole bunch of different opportunities, everything else becomes easier there. Because at my $1,000 a month apartment, I couldn't host big events there. I didn't even have a couch. I just had a king size bed for myself and then a spot with my desk and my kitchen. So I couldn't even like, whereas when you start getting into different spaces, other opportunities open up to you. And so Sometimes I've noticed the world just really tends to work like that, whether it's with investing in a new space that allows me to experience myself differently, or whether it's in um, investing in like a coaching program or uh, eating healthier foods or just making certain decisions can there can open us up to experience other things, right? Like something I was talking about earlier was fasting, right? And I don't fast just be just for like, to have a healthy body or to go a few days without food. I mean, I'm already, I'm a, I'm a pretty skinny guy. I don't need to fast to lose weight or anything like that. But the reason I fast is because what that does is that helps me access a certain state of consciousness that helps me see everything from, from a less emotional place. I mean, humans are, uh, we're all on, to a certain extent, uh, almost addicted to food. You know, and to anybody that hasn't ever gone two or three days without eating and just drinking water, give it a try and then just notice how much you start to think about food. Um, but I've noticed that by letting sometimes those things go, it helps me really connect with with a version of myself that isn't so swayed by emotions and stimuluses and things like that. Um, so I, I share that just because we're kind of on that concept of the quantum leap. It's, it's like we can jump into a whole different reality, a whole different version of ourselves, whether it be an identity of who we are or a thing that we think we're worthy of or capable of doing just very, very quickly, instantly, actually, but with, with yeah. very subtle changes on a moment to moment basis. Yeah. And one thing that I kind of want to bring to the table is I feel that our environment is really important to this process because we're really lucky in that we chose to loom, which is like an, like a spiritual hub. It's like an incubation for events and ideas and opportunities and people. And in any moment, we could meet someone in the street that could lead us to somewhere else, to collaborate here, to collaborate there. You know, you get asked to speak five times a week. You get to host events. And, you know, I'm noticing that when I lived in Atlanta, and not to – I love I loved Atlanta – like it was such a beautiful place, exactly what I needed in the time that I was there, but I didn't have that. And it was partly because my environment wasn't shaped for that. And I am noticing that like coming to Tulum opened up doors for me, just like this living at the sanctuary for you, like a $5,000 house that seemed potentially impossible was also like a huge door that could have opened up like a massive event space. And 
huge opportunities. That was like Tulum for me. It was like moving into the sanctuary of like, wow, this is my sanctuary. This is my home. It feels like the real life Burning Man where things are happening all over the place. And I think it's really important to acknowledge that whenever we're not in a space of expansion and we're not feeling those constant opportunities that we can create and we can cultivate an environment that does bring us that so that we get back into our flow and we get back into that space where we don't have to just say yes and say no to half things, but we can put ourselves in places where we are able to say a full body yes to things. And um, yeah, I think that in Atlanta, I didn't know what it felt like to say a full body yes to things very often because it was very rare that I got that excited about something because it wasn't, it didn't, uh, the opportunity, like for what I was doing with my life, it wasn't um, the like incubation place. It wasn't like a, a hub for that. And um, moving to Saloon kind of gave me that. It gave me that hub. And I have a feeling that the more and more this world shifts from one state to another, like from the old earth to the new earth, essentially, with everything that happened, this like beautiful catalyst in life that's giving us this great opportunity, you know, we're almost like choosing to live in the sanctuary if we want to. And we have like different hubs all over the world that are these mini sanctuaries, right? We've got like Lake Atilan, Guatemala. We've got like Pisac, Peru. We've got like, you know, Costa Rica all over the place. We've got like Tulum, Mexico, Bali, all these like hubs that are getting bigger and spreading out more to the point where we're actually creating mini earths, mini sanctuaries in all these different places of the world that we get to choose. And even in the United States, in Austin, Texas, huge right now, specifically. And I think that our environment is like where, we, where we're planted, we grow. And we have to really get real with where we're being planted because mm -hmm. uh, those opportunities are crucial. You know, like saying yes to things that give us joy only comes when we are around things we want to say yes to. Yeah. And this, uh, I actually had something just come up towards the end of all you were sharing that I remember right before, cause I'm, I'm in Minnesota right now, um, which is actually where I grew up. And I remember prior to leaving Tulum or sometime when I was talking to you before I got, before I got back here, you were like, Oh, you could just, host some events in in minnesota or something like that and i remember saying here's a perfect example of what we were just talking about earlier i remember saying i was like oh yeah there's not much conscious community in minnesota like it's not gonna happen and i was like yeah i've looked you know I, I i gave my reasons my excuses i was like yeah i've looked before people aren't into it nobody wants to do some ecstatic dancing no one wants to do this da, 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 da. well one thing led to another and since I got out here, I've, I've connected with community that has actually been here the whole time that for, for a long period of my life was a huge reason that I was traveling where I was just like, I just want to meet more quote unquote conscious people. Cause there's none of them in Minnesota was my story. Right. Just like how people would say, Oh, people can only pay for a 10 or $30 event in this town. Right. Then all of a sudden you break that. That for my story, it was, oh, there isn't much conscious community here. Well, all of a sudden, since I got back here, I ended up going to a certain class and finding some people. And I found this space where, where events of this same nature have been happening. And just uh, we finalized it like two days ago. I have my first event happening out here where I'm doing a whole ecstatic dance and expression, expression thing. I'm calling it ecstatic expression. And that's literally happening. And we've got a whole community of people that are ready to come to it. And That's I wouldn't, that wouldn't have even happened. Like the, whether it be, well, one, I mean, the event hasn't happened yet, but like me connecting with this community and then actually feeling a call to put something together, none of that would have happened if I wasn't open to being wrong about the way that I saw Minnesota. Right. If I was so stuck in my one pointed view of thinking, oh, yep, there's nothing for me here. Yep. I'm just this, this isolated person. Everybody's just going to look at me like an alien to all of a sudden opening myself up and being like, hey, you know what? Maybe there is some soul family here. Maybe mm. there are some ways I can relate with people. And you know, that is where more started to come. And, you know, it's like 
growth and evolution and just what, you know, whatever word we want to use for it, but just personal growth. It really comes from being open to the idea that what we think we know about the world might not actually be that capital T truth that we, that we spoke about earlier. <laughs> Eddie, you know, my favorite thing about you is you will always speak your capital T truth. And I love that there was no fear in challenging my, uh, my opinion. And, you know, I, I, you're right in that no matter where we are in the world, we can create the opportunity. And I love that you just did that where you are and you are creating that. And that's so beautiful. And it's so nice to like constantly challenge our paradigms of how we see the world and be open to the idea that what we think isn't always true. Um, yeah, that's so beautiful. And we, <laughs> I feel like throughout, since the, since the day that I met you, you've done that and it's expanded me and broken my mental construct down so much that I'm like, yes. And not in like a questioning, like, you know, like a questioning way in a, uh, like a disbelief way, but a questioning way in like a expansive way, like a yes. And like, let's think a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I, I freaking love that. And, and, and I'll do the same. Yes. And I think both of these are true. Maybe we can cultivate where we are planted in the places that we are without thinking that somewhere else is that place. And I still think like having a good environment is crucial, but technically we don't have to go all the way to Tulum to cultivate that environment or be in that environment. But I do think we need to be around the people and the opportunities that we do want to cultivate uh, and, 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 and put ourselves in the vibration of manifesting those opportunities. So, yeah, um, I feel that. Yeah. And I was, I was going to say, and it's funny, we didn't even, I didn't even end up sharing too much of my story, but um, just to, to graze over some of it. I mean, I dropped out of college uh, after sort of having a, what I would call a spiritual awakening, which, you know, that was kind of just the start of it. It's, it's obviously, if I look back at that version of myself now, I was thinking, oh my God, I've grown so much since then. And I'm sure that the Eddie in five years will look back at where I'm at right now and be like, wow, you've grown so much since then. Um, but when I dropped out of college, that's, that's exactly where my mind was at, where I was just like, you know what, I'm, I'm jumping out of one system, one version of living, and I'm going to find a new version of living. And creating that reality didn't start with, with moving to a place and finding soul family right away. It started with the internet. It started with podcasts, like what we're creating right now. It started with videos and just like finding sort of like a consciousness that I resonated with that wasn't the the college kid scene that I was so deep in at that point. And so even though I had dropped out and went to go live back at home, I was in a whole different version of reality. And so, you know, those those environments that we can get in, don't get me wrong, a physical environment and an actual immersive experience is freaking incredible and life-changing in itself. But those environments start with like the content we're consuming, the food that we're eating, the people that we're hanging around, the conversations that we're having, um, you know, group coaching con- containers and stuff like that that I've joined, or even just like one-on-one coaching experiences those are some of the things that have been super transformational for me to really like open myself up and see the world in a different way where it's like, it's, it's, it's the yes. And to like what you said, it's kind of like being like, well, are you sure that's your limit? Are you sure that yeah. that's all you're capable of? Mm-hmm. What makes you so certain that, that, that <laughs> is the top of the box. Right. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that. I I love that you just brought that up. Like, what is your limit? I feel like every time we're together, we not only help help each other find our edge or that limit in a really healthy way, but we also help other people step into that. Like, what is not your, not like you're crossing your own boundaries, but what is your edge to where if you just like really touch the edge of that circle that you've drawn you actually step out of that comfort zone which is like right on the edge and you grow exponentially that's literally like my favorite that's one of my favorite things to help other people step into and also like for us like like all my friendships everybody in my life like that's my favorite place to exist like gosh like what is that place like right on the edge where it's just like I'm dancing. I'm super uncomfortable. What's going to happen? I don't know. 
uh, and it just feels so expansive and like a little scary. And that little like that little like flutter is almost like little butterflies. It's just like ah, and it's like mm-hmm. butterflies, like a symbol of transformation. It's like something's about to happen. <laughs> yep, the leaning into that edge in every sense of the word, all of yeah. it. So good. Amazing. So we're getting close to the ending of this podcast and the beginning. Are you sure that that's the limit? (laughs) I love that you're crossing. (laughs) I can never be certain. (laughs) But I would love to uh, kind of, kind of like have people get to get like one last taste of you. Uh, and if you were to kind of like wrap up, um, your last couple of months in a, uh, a series of lessons or something that you'd like to kind of leave with people, um, what, how would you kind of do that? Like, what would that mm-hmm. be for you? Listen to your heart and do it anyway. Mm. You know, regardless of any of the, the perceived failures or if you fail or not like you know immediately following just just because I'll I'll initially talk about like the retreat and stuff with with selling zero tickets to that immediately following that I was having like there was a moment and I've, I've kind of it's been a process to really train myself out of thinking that way for very long but there was a moment where I was like oh if if I would have known I would have sold zero tickets I would have been putting my energy elsewhere in the last week I would have been focusing on other things. You know, I said no to a lot of things because I had that that coming up. Mm-hmm. But regardless of the results, that concept of just saying yes and plunging headfirst into what my soul wants to do ha- has been one of the biggest things that has got me to the place that I am right now. There was a point literally like we're not talking that long ago we're talking like four or five years ago before i ever even got into like official coaching and all that stuff there was a point when i was like dreaming of running retreats in like 10 15 20 years there was a point when i was dreaming of having a a coaching business in like same thing 10 20 years there was a point when i was dreaming of producing i mean i'm taking a break from Instagram right now, but there was a point when I was dreaming of creating content every single day, again, pushing that thing out as just like the future. I was like, oh, that's my long-term vision. That's my someday goal. But it's been by just saying, you know what, I'm going to do my best right now. Even if it's, if, if it's the best that I can, even if it's not the, the fullness of what I know it can be, as long as I'm just doing my best, I'm just going to keep practicing, keep chipping away, keep growing. and. That's the thing that has led to so much at this point. And I know I'm talking about a retreat that sold zero tickets. So I'm not sitting here being like, oh my God, look at how successful my business is within that realm, right? Luckily I've got other pieces to the whole workings of everything that I do with with one-on-one work and other workshops. But to, to bring it back to what I started that off with, just listen to what your soul wants to do and just say yes, regardless of any of the reasons that your mind says not to. Amazing, Eddie. Thank you so much for doing this, for being here, for always taking me right up to my edge, questioning me as a friend. And um, yeah, thank you for also bringing your codes and your downloads here into this podcast to share with all the listeners of the Chelsea's Winner podcast, anybody who could come across this podcast even in this time period and maybe in like 10 years, let's say that this podcast is still around, like coming back to this podcast and being like, do you remember when we did that? That's going to feel so good. And I'm really grateful for this moment in history in 2021. (laughs) Same here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. And if people want to find you, how can they find you? Um, Well, like I said, I'm taking a break from Instagram right now, but Instagram is generally the best place. Um, you can also get on my mailing list through that. I've got links to get involved with everything, but, um, essentially Eddie evolves on everything you can think of. My website's currently under construction, which is eddieevolves.com. 
Um, but whether it's Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, any of that, just type in Eddie Evolves and um, I would love to get connected, especially through Instagram. Just shoot me a direct message. Um, I really love to actually just say hello to every, anyone that really enters that world because we're we're not strangers. We're just we're just waiting to meet. Um, so yeah, Eddie Evolves. Beautiful. Awesome. Thank you, Eddie. And for everybody else who is listening, uh, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. You can uh, listen to, I think this is episode number 35. So you can listen to all of the other episodes, leave some comments and reach out to us on Instagram. I'd love to stay connected. Thank you guys.